Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Row, the podcast. Uh, this is a numbered episode because we're talking about a newish release, uh, and that is the film Promising Young Woman. Uh, this released in theaters at Christmas Day, I believe, mm-hmm. but only people who are dumb are going to theaters <laughs> um, on Christmas Day because of COVID. And uh, this movie has slowly dripped online as a $20 rental, then a $20 purchase, and is now a $6 rental. The film is the directorial writing debut Uh, for a feature film of Emerald Fennel. Uh, She is fresh off an Oscar nomination for both those things, as well as a producer for... um, she. Her other claim to fames is she apparently was the showrunner on season two of Killing Eve, taking over Mm -hmm. for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. (laughs) And... (laughs) She also stars, she was on the last two seasons of The Crown as Camilla, right? Camilla, is that who? Um, sure. Is, is who's who's the, prin- the prince married to now? It's Camilla, yeah. right? I think it's Camilla. Yeah. I don't know. I have not invested at all in the royals. <laughs> oh, well, The Crown is a good show. I don't care about the royals, yeah, but The Parker Crown Bowles, is a good show. Her name. <laughs> yeah. Before we get into our categories, everybody has to do their eight words or less on this movie. I am not prepared for this, so I'm going to throw it to somebody else. Ben. Yep. I wrote one down. I wrote one down. (laughs) I also wrote down a shit ton of quotes. Uh, Men are awful. Wait, maybe everyone is awful? That's such a men thing to say. Sounds like more than eight. (laughs) John. Hashtag me to the movie. That's pretty reductive. Lauren. I just I just need the one word. It was just men. But I also had I also had a subtitle that was just we live in a society. <laughs> Lauren, you should have been parentheses with tons of disdain. Men. Yeah. Just immense amounts of vitriol. <laughs> that mine, I guess, will be and it'll be a homage to a new category that we're going to do for this special oh, movie no. and uh that is i think that was schmidt <laughs> <laughs> yeah how many dollars did he have to put in the like douchebag jar whatever it was? <laughs> douchebag jar. The, the movie is promising young woman it stars carrie mulligan bo burnham and a lot of other people the elevator pitch is a woman whose friend had something happen to her in med school is enacting revenge on the nice young men who take her home and then try to take advantage of her. I, I want to get to spoilers as soon as possible. General thoughts, we're going to go around the horn real quick so we can get to spoilers as soon as possible. Um, and we're going to go in the order of people who watch this. Or in, in order of time of, that we watch this. So Ben gets to go first. So I've seen it twice now. Um, and I've told these guys that I'm counting it as a movie from 2021. Because no fucking way I was seeing a movie on, you know, in theaters late 2020. Uh, and as of now, it's my favorite movie of this year. Um, so, but we can do a thought exercise. Where would it have ranked last year? Ooh, it... it could have been at the top, and I mean, at least in the top three. Mm-hmm. 
Okay. I think Carrie Mulligan's performance is just incredible. Um, I think it's the best performance I've seen since Adam Sandler in Uncut Gems, and that's another performance that just absolutely blew me away. I mean, everyone in the movie is awesome. Just, like, I don't think there's anyone who isn't firing at all cylinder on all cylinders at you know each moment. Uh, the soundtrack. Uh, Clancy Brown is playing it pretty straight for Clancy Brown. <laughs> but I think his stuff is great. No, no, I'm saying no. He's yeah. very good. I'm just saying, like, you're I mean, si- firing not- all cylinders makes you think if you saw Clancy Brown, no, you'd no, think no, he'd be no, trying no, to murder a, I think, somebody. <laughs> I think it's a very reserved performance from him, but it's also a very memorable and impactful one kind of yes. um uh i think there's the the banter between um cassie and ryan one of uh i believe that's bo yeah bo burnham's character are like the stuff the stuff they have back and forth is like incredible i think they're great on screen together i wouldn't call it the funniest movie of 2020 <laughs> like someone else here i think it does have some pretty funny moments not as funny as uh the house that jack I, built just i know there. that's exactly what i was like i'm really worried about zach if he thinks these movies are are like really funny i'm going in circles here but i think everything in it is great the sound oh the soundtrack is phenomenal i think the first needle drop or the i guess it would be the second needle drop in this movie is perfect like the best thing i've seen outside of a guardians of the galaxy movie or baby driver in a while you have to elaborate on that one for me i was just listening to the soundtrack on the before i was waiting um anything else i i loved the ending and that's kind of as can't really elaborate on that yeah Yeah, i can't i can't i feel like i can't say anything for general thoughts right now i don't know Well, this will be a fun thought exercise for you. You can just agree with other people and then nod. Um, I saw it after Ben, and uh, I agree that it's one of the best movies of the last Oscar calendar year, which is technically just ended a couple weeks ago. Comedy or otherwise. Comedy or otherwise. <laughs> um, it would not, it would not, it's not at my top of last year yet. Uh, a tenant rewatch has it grappling for their, 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 those two are right next to each other for last year for me. You're but, literally the worst. Uh, Carrie Mulligan. <laughs> Wait, John, is have excellent. you seen Tenet? Did you already see that? No, but okay. he's being Zach. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was right there with you, but I was just checking. <laughs> Carrie Mulligan continues to be excellent. I really can't wait to see what Emerald Fennell does next. And I think, like the cat, like Ben said, the casting is just perfect from top to bottom, and allowing everybody to play on their personas and stuff like that. And I will say, since we're talking about the ending a little bit, I will say, I the ending might have been my least favorite part of the movie. But we can get. I guess more it into depends that later. which but actual ending you're referring reasons. to. <laughs> This movie is, from top to bottom, extremely well-crafted. From the cinematography to the music, like Ben was saying, to the story and the little... The little turns and the details, like there was something that was... There's something that happens throughout the movie kind of as an indicator um, of timeline, plot, etc., etc. And at about the 80% mark... I will say me and my roommate looked at each other and was just like, that's not right. And then at about the 99% mark, we were like, oh, we get it now. 
Um, <laughs> and it, it was just one of those moments where it was just like, oh my gosh, that was so brilliant. The turns, like Ben said, are crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's the act. It's interesting you say that, Zach, because the acting at various times, I was like, yeah, I mean, we're making we're making fun of the one character who were like, that's just so and so. Um, but also like Bo Burnham, I guess also partly because he hasn't been in a lot. He just seems very much like what I would imagine Bo Burnham would be like in real life. Tall. Um, mm-hmm. Tall. No, actually, like I knew he, <laughs> I knew he was tall and lanky and skinny. But like this. Having him share the screen with actual people, I was just like, oh, motherfucker's tall as fuck. Um, but it's all, like, it's interesting that you're saying that, though, John, because it's like, I think, like, I don't have much experience, like, much of a, not experience, but I haven't seen Bo Burnham in much. Like, I've, I've seen, like, bits and pieces of stand-up. This was my first time where I'm like, holy shit, he's as good of an actor as he is, like, a director. Yeah, it's like he. Uh, eighth, I mean, eighth grade was incredible, right, Ben? Like, yeah, we'll yeah, it's we'll great. gush about that movie from now for forever. Um, but I like I don't know you. I'm a huge fan of his stand up, so I've seen like all of his stuff like multiple times, and you just get a sense like that is kind like he he sinks into this persona like very well, and it works. It works for his character. I'm like a hundred percent, but it's just I don't know. It's interesting because. There's a whole section for you to talk about this. Yeah, that goes through my head. The <laughs> acting is incredible. Carrie Mulligan's incredible. Last thing I'm going to say, my roommate was looking up reviews on IMDb after this. By the way, don't do that. It's terrible. Um, but one that he found was Carrie Mulligan was incredible. Bo Burnham was funny. All of the rest of the men suck in this movie. They forgot one man. But also, Bo Burnham sucks in this movie. Yeah, that's what I'm <laughs> but saying. Also, Bo Burnham man. also sucks in this movie, yeah. Again, see my eight words or less. <laughs> and one woman. No, more than one woman. <laughs> oh, yeah, they two. Oh, yeah, two bad women, um, at least. Um, uh, Lauren, arguably go. three, but I don't know. Yeah, no. No, no, three. Yeah, I'll go three. I'll make that argument later. Yeah, I want to know who the third is. Um... What can I actually say now? Like, you would think for... uh, I've been really excited to see this movie for a long time, but I'm a cheap person, so I wasn't going to spend $20 to see it. And you would think, knowing me, that once I got nominated for an Oscar, that would have just deterred me completely. But yet, I was still super excited to see this movie. And for once... Yeah, you should have watched this a day earlier. I know, I should have. But it wasn't rentable yet. But, um... No, it actually lived up to mostly my expectations, uh, which is a very pleasant surprise for me because I was expecting I was going to hate it and it was just going to be like everything where I don't agree with everyone who loves things and then I just cry a lot. <laughs> but um, like everyone, I have to agree with that, what everyone said. Technically, it's great. Acting's great. Blah, 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 blah. Music's great. Um, I can't talk about my favorite moment yet because we're not talking about it. But I just like the I guess the biggest takeaway was... I appreciate the fantasy that it plays at, but it doesn't go fully into it, which was disappointing for me at first. Like, we didn't get to fully revel in mm. the wreckage she leaves behind her. And at first, I was pretty upset, about, not upset, but like, I was kind of bummed by that. But then it, but then because it doesn't do that, it actually explores the subject matter much better, I think, and actually gets closer to the truth of the situation. And like you guys are saying, 
um, I'm like, I don't know which ending you're talking about. It's like at first, I don't know, years ago, even I would have been so upset with this ending just because it wasn't exactly what I wanted necessarily. But I think it's also a perfect ending for this movie. But I can't elaborate on that. I can't wait for uh, let's talk. Well, about it also that depends which ending again we're talking about because there's there's levels to it. <laughs> Lauren, it's interesting you said like the fan, like I I noticed your edit from your <laughs> what you can and can't <laughs> yeah. say in this section, but uh, like you wanting to revel in like the 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 carnage mm-hmm. of it all, but I think like the turn into the final act of the movie reveals the sadness yeah and the bigger and I think that it will like mm-hmm. when when you realize there isn't a wave of carnage actually by like there is a there's a nod to mm-hmm. that. What she's doing is might not have any effect on anybody oh, whatsoever, exactly. yeah. and it's <laughs> and it's just like a fucking punch in the fucking mm-hmm. gut. Yeah, yeah, which very much plays into how I react to the ending. Yeah, promising young woman star ratings. Uh, we'll go in reverse order. John or Lauren? <laughs> uh, I'm sitting at a four out of five right now, but I think just thinking like the way it's resonating with just sitting with me, I could see myself bumping it up half a star. We'll see. Maybe. That's saying something yeah. from Lauren. John. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lauren said it perfectly. It resonates, like, distinctively after the movie's over. It was a four and a half for me. It was tied for my favorite film of 2020. Granted, I only saw 15. <laughs> but bonus question, who can guess what my favorite film of 2020 was? Power Rangers. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. That's amazing. I, I, have, I don't even know. Was it? I only know what mine Palm was. Palm Springs? Yeah, that's what mine is. <laughs> Which one was... Did you say, Lauren? Palm Springs. Yours? Oh, Palm Springs. Uh, the Devil All the Time. Oh, that's right. You did love that one. The the, the, the church movie? <gasps> yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Yeah, I loved that movie. Oh, my God. Um, Amy has really liked this movie, too. Like you guys are saying, it's resonating. She We saw this a couple weeks ago, and she... Just the other day, was like, I'm still thinking about that movie all the time. Every it, time like, we hang out with people, I got she's like, recommending it to people. I would, I'm also four and a half stars. I am also four and a half. I could see it moving up to five in another rewatch or two. Is this look, the most look at these heathens assigning fives to movies? Has been what? Is this the highest average we've ever given a movie? I think it might be. Probably. What would everybody give Blade Runner Wait. 2049? Oh, that was that's what high. I was thinking of. I don't remember what I, I gave it. I don't know if I moved I, to five I stars could, in that I movie had to have given not. that four. I gave it. I gave it four and a half at the time. It's a five for me now. I'd probably be a four, four and a half. What did I give it? Lauren gave that a four and a half. Oh my god! Probably not. It was probably yeah, a four. four I don't have it rated. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to rewatch it. You don't have it rated. It was twenty seven before I started using it. I think it's an easy recommendation from this crew and uh from here on out we're going to be discussing spoilers for promising young woman are we spoilers yet yes i did not realize how long the spoiler like clip that you put into episodes is so spoilers so spoilers with that we're gonna get into spoilers so spoilers sure spoilers 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 Spoilers! All the spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Uh, performance prize. I did give I, Blade Runner 2049 a four and a half. What the hell? Um, <laughs> yeah, go rewatch the movie. Great. It's, it's fucking amazing. amazing. It kind of. So you I actually rated it on Letterboxd? You never use Letterboxd. 
Oh, no, I've got at least 11 pages of ratings on Letterboxd. That's how much John liked Blade Runner. He actually no, gave it no, a score. No, no, Hey, it's, it's, <laughs> you want to know another four and a half movie that I rated on the same day, Ben? In fact, it's the only four and a half movie that I rated on the same day. Power Rangers? Um, Performance prize. I think we can all agree on Mulligan mm-hmm. is the winner if we are giving out a winner, but there's a lot of performances to talk about. So let's talk about Carrie Mulligan, and then maybe we can decide who our favorite was below her. Um, I've always think she's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's one of my favorites. I also have a huge crush on her and have had I've one only, for a year. I've Ugh. only seen her in two movies, and she killed it in both. Which so one? Uh, you should one? See, did you watch Never you Let should Me Go, see... or did you skip that week? No, Never okay. Let Me Go is the only other movie I've seen her in. You should definitely see An Education, which was her breakout movie. She's great in Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. Lauren will make you watch that one time. She's a very small role in that. She's one of the sisters, yeah. but she's good in it. She was in, what was the movie with that Jake Gyllenhaal, Paul Dano directed? It came out two Jake years Gyllenhaal. ago. Wild, wildlife. Ben, oh, you need to you need to watch oh, that for yeah. your boy Jake, and she's she's actually the best thing about it about it. Um, she was she's just excellent. Isn't that kind of a, what's it called? What's that? It's a wild. Isn't that kind of a revolutionary road kind of like knockoff? I would not say that. No, other okay. than a setting. Um, you said wild, wild, animals, wildlife. Wild. Shame. She's incredible. She she's incredible in Shame. Uh, Steve McQueen's Shame with Michael Fassbender. Um, she's great in Gatsby. A lot of people she's don't like her in that, though. We didn't talk about Drive. Yeah, uh, in- drive. Inside, oh, she's great in Drive. Um, inside Llewyn Davis. Oh, so I've seen her in three things. She's in Inside Llewyn Davis? Inside Llewyn Davis, she is my the least I've liked her. Let's just put it at that. I'll leave it at <laughs> that there. But she is good in it. And I'm really looking for I still have not seen The Dig, but I'll be seeing that soon. Oh, Far From the Maddening Crowd. Great. Lauren, have you seen that movie? No, I keep meaning to. Okay, besides there is a dog murder at the beginning, oh, no. but he 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 causes start for Lauren. The, he causes the death of a flock an entire flock of sheep and he, he deserved it. He um, was he was wrongly <laughs> accused. <laughs> Dogs do uh, no watch bad things. I don't crowd. know. She's we, great in that too. I'm going to this is these are the words you need to take out of your mouth. <laughs> Dogs are perfect. <laughs> Lauren's gonna Lauren's gonna jump. Oh, that's another, that's another yeah. Thomas Vinterberg. Um she's also starring in Bradley Cooper's Bernstein doc uh, movie where he plays the portrait of the composer Leonard Bernstein and Jeremy Strong of Sir Oh, okay. Um <laughs> Carrie Mulligan's great. I this is something we this is a side of her we've never really got to see. Mm-hmm. I think she's at her best in the scene with Connie Britton. Right? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Connie Britton. Right? Yeah. I think that's her best scene in the movie, but I think her last scene with with her dad mm, is really great too. Mm-hmm. I don't know who was crediting the the chemistry between her between her and Bo Burnham is also fantastic. Which I really wonder how that that's one thing I think I had it I didn't have it spoiled exactly, but I knew that there was going to be a dark side to Bo Burnham. Oh, yeah, because he's a man. Oh. But, well, yes, obviously. I, I was holding out hope. No, it's but, like, like there was always so the show was like the shoe to drop the whole time. In this movie, it was <laughs> inevitable. Like, but they they, yeah. they overcame it. Even though, like, in going in, I knew Bo was going to do something not great. He's he's still so charming. The, they were, they were, they, before. when you, he wins yeah. you over. Yeah. That, I'm done. Um, he's still so charming. You're talking about, like, serial <laughs> killers right now. <laughs> I, I, I would say. I think the scenes you spoke about with Connie Britton, I think the stuff with um, Alison Brie, also amazing. 
But my scene for her is with God. I'm dropping his name. Alfred Molina. Uh, Alfred Molina. Yeah, like that whole. Oof. That scene. She doesn't even do a whole lot. The, Alfred Molina's like. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. With is that all she has to do yeah. is cry silently mm-hmm. and say, "I forgive you," and she she blows <laughs> it out of the water. It's incredible. And it's also Alfred Molina's best scene where he didn't go motoring. <laughs> that's all I can think about. I'm saying, what if this is secretly him from Boogie Nights? <laughs> Just what if this is a crossover movie? <laughs> I think it's my my favorite scene because, like, you guys, I mean, it's, I think Mulligan is, like, amazing. Like, I can't pick a scene where she's best, but the person she pairs up, like, pairs with best is, like, that, that back and forth between her and Molina is just, and it's like, and you can tell this guy is, like, he's not a good guy. Like, he's definitely done some shitty things. But he's the only person in this movie who has any semblance of a conscience. And it's, man, it's rough. The scene that I think won me over, and part of it I will have to say is also the the cinematography and the directing and the, the framing of the shot. But it's her in the video. They didn't even have, they, one of the things that's incredible about this movie is it's actually fairly tame. It doesn't show a whole lot. There's, I mean, there's a couple scenes with like Adam Brody and uh, Chris Herman's Plas, but those ones aren't super, like they're uncomfortable. I, I shouldn't <laughs> speak because I can't, I can't speak from that experience. I, I imagine they're very triggering actually, but the scene where she's watching the video, which probably has the most graphic of content if we were to see it. But all we see is this pan shot that slowly zooms in on her face and you see the trauma and the grief and all of the emotions that she seemed to have moved on from like flood right back into her and just gets unleashed. And it's, it's so poignant and it's how you watch that scene and don't immediately empathize and immediately understand the plight of women in our society, in our uh, misogynistic and patriarchal world, like I don't, I don't know, I don't know how you come away from that. Like the other, t- the one thing I said to my, uh, to my roommate is, so when I was when I was doing my grad school. <laughs> Yeah, they should just show this movie at colleges from now on because it's way more effective. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, all that to say. It's like part of me hopes that there are women out there like this who are just like, I don't know, like punishing these (laughs) slime bags. I hate to break it to you, but one of the things I was thinking the whole time I was watching this that does speak to the ending we could talk about more. But just seeing her book with all the tally marks, I was like, she could have maybe gotten through five people before she would have been like beaten horribly it's like no one could do this yeah it's like the fact she had that many tallies i was like oh this is pure fantasy and i'm here for it it's like (laughs) and then it wasn't the entire film had this kind of allegorical sense to it as well like it it seemed almost like i don't know if this is a weird characterization like a dark fairy tale Mm -hmm. like it had a moral and a purpose Mm -hmm. and it was very kind of overt in like the the plotting like you could almost predict everything that was going to happen until you couldn't. Yeah. 
Well, I was just going to say, it's like the one thing I didn't predict at the same time, I guess I kind of did just because it felt inevitable. But it's like, I really hoped it wouldn't happen, but it worked. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anybody want to shout at anybody else? In the, the one that I unexpectedly the, the kept Shannon. coming back to me was Christopher Mintz Platts. Just because, I don't know, it's so caricature-esque. But, like, I appreciated it, and it was kind of interesting. It just made me think about the movie in the whole, because some people played it very much in that vein, and some people played it pretty straight up. And it was like, I wonder why they chose to do that, it, like, just have the duality of it, because it's like, maybe it makes it more stomachable for people that this is critiquing, I guess. I don't know. If you make it like, well, we're, yeah, men are bad, but we're not that bad. It was very much a not all men kind of thing for me. We're just watching that performance. I don't know. I've heard... I've heard and read some women who said they all know a guy that like that. So I don't know how much would, of an exaggeration well, no, it really No, I was. just mean he, just it felt like he was fortunate. playing it for comedy is what I'm saying. It Like just the way he yeah. would just like the, I don't know his performance. There were very much men like that, I'm sure. But like it was, it felt comedic yeah. and this movie bounced between comedy and uh, drama unexpectedly. Like in the final scene with, uh, um, what Schmidt and the other two? Max what are Greenfield. their names? All of a sudden, I forgot them. Oh, Crystal and Max. Yeah, Greenfield. we'll talk. Like that was very much like yuckety yuck type comedy, and it's like it hurts, but it works. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> yeah, I think I think for I think Emerald Fennell would say that everybody's supposed to be funny in this yeah. movie, except maybe. I mean, they find humor with her parents, but I think those are the most grounded <laughs> sequences. Which she asks, "What if children have different parts or whatever?" Yeah, that's my favorite line in the movie. Like that's I loved. I love Jennifer yeah. Coolidge in this because I always when I I always phenomenal. think of her as her character in Legally Blonde or Two Broke Girls, and then she was just still comedic in this, but so muted. And I don't know. I just really liked her in mm-hmm. this. I thought she was great. And I I want to give a shout out one last performance, and it's. It, it's not the way Sam Richardson says anything. Well, I mean, the way he says, why do you have to ruin everything is funny. The way he runs away <laughs> yes, his run. in that shot <laughs> is amazing. Like, that's, mm-hmm. oh, God, that was a brilliant, like, oh. We, we shout out everybody in the movie, which they're pretty much. Uh, we did not mention Adam Brody or Laverne Cox, who were oh, both I love Laverne Cox in the movie as well, I think. Um. Uh. Yeah, Laverne Cox was also, like, I wish we had gotten more of her. Mm-hmm. Her bit about the bleach was also yeah, it was great. great. It's like, I don't want to see your ass prints in the coffee grinds or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about that ending. So so when when the four came up, me and my roommate both looked at each other and was like, that's not the Roman numeral for four. And then when the five happened with the cross out, we were like, oh, that's so smart. Yeah. I, I, I again, that. Even the yeah, little- I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> And so we that turn again. It's a small yeah. thing, but it's it's still cleverly mm-hmm. con, like mm-hmm. created. And the four comes up before toxic, if I remember correctly. Yeah, which was nuts. Like it was they have like an instrumental like version of toxic, and I was like, "This is." I'm so mad. It's not on the soundtrack. Let's go. But I want it. It's no. not. Oh, that's some bullshit. Oh. I've listened to that. Um, it's Rain and Men. It's so oh, I, that's what I was talking about that I couldn't talk about earlier. That was my favorite moment of the movie, where it cuts from Adam Brody's <laughs> scenes, and you just see like 
red on her leg and you're like, oh, she just just straight up slashed him to death. And I was so excited. And it's just calling that. It's like it's raining men, like literally because there's blood going down her leg. And then it's a hot dog with ketchup. It's like, oh, man. But it was also still so great. <laughs> it's like, it was such a yeah. good turn. That and the that was the best needle drop in the entire yeah. movie was the it's raining men. Oh, God, just perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, and the ambiguity and that of that just that moment where you're left wondering the entire time, does she kill these guys? Like, what does she actually end up doing um, until the final reveal? If she killed that many guys for the tallies, she would not still be out there. But again, pure fantasy uh, at this point. (laughs) And I love, I love like how fragile those like- The construction workers The cat callers were. There were so many great moments like that where it turned on it. Like with the guy, what was his name? The guy with the fedora. Where he, at one point, he was just like, you're not even that hot or something. It's like, oh, that's such a guy thing to say. (laughs) And and then she said something like, you're not dropping panties yourself. (laughs) But it's like, what what did the construction workers say? Were they... They got mad at her for like staring they just at them. Out. It's like, hey, yeah, it's like, yeah they were just a good being, time. Yeah. yeah, they were just yeah. cat calling her, and and then she, she just gives them that stared crazy them stare. down. Yeah. And they, just, they, they probably just called her like a crazy bitch or something after that. I don't remember, but they it's did. Like, oh, yeah, that's so it's like, so true. Stop looking at us. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Like, oh, so good. It was so good. But let's talk about that ending. It's like when it happened, yeah. like. Even as it was happening, I was like, no, she's still going to survive this. She's going to be fine, right, guys? And then she's like, <laughs> yeah, and then she's like, this is part of the plan. Like, yeah. She's faking they all this, right? Still, she fits like, in on it, right? Yeah. How it's like, wow, <laughs> she's just a training. She can hold her breath for a long time. This is okay, right, guys? Right, guys? <laughs> and then classic it does a hard Schmitten, cut to the next Schmitten morning. And it's like, oh, no, here. she's dead. <laughs> And then, like, they were burning her body, and I'm still in the back of my mind, like, she's not really in that fire, right, guys? (laughs) (laughs) And you see her painted nails. It's like, oh, no. But it's like, like, I was, years ago, and even now, I would have been just so pissed that, like, she didn't get away with it. Because, again, I just want the pure fantasy of everyone just survive like women just being okay and everything but like the fact that she gets killed it's like yeah she should have technically probably been killed a hundred men ago or something like the fact she made it this long was just fantasy what what do you what do you say to that she only gets punished once she she decides to cross the line she was going to actually hurt somebody physically and she's punished for it what i mean what, I mean, I, I think it's interesting. I'm not even sure what Emerald Fresnel's even saying there. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't really think of it like that. Yeah. That's where my brain went I think to. it was more like, no, I think I it was think, just no. more like denying. I don't, maybe it's kind of like the thing where like her. you think someone's finally going to get justice for something. Like, you know, taking yeah. them into trial or something. And then, oh, wait, they get out in three months on yeah. good behavior or something. Like yeah. uh, Brock Turner or whatever his name was. Like, yeah, that's correct. Which is what the Speaking title of this movie is based on. The only way she could have any lasting justice was like it had it would have to cost her. Yeah, and like in the end she had to die life. because like it's all about just well maybe not all about, but it's about like women often take the brunt of the um just the consequences of what happens and men get away with it, which is like that whole scene where he's even like when he's trying he's killing her. What was the what was he saying? It's like why did you make like, me do yeah, this or something? Ma- I don't remember yeah, what he was saying. Me do, you're making me. You made this. me do this. And He's then rationalizing it's just all, it. Yeah. It's while just he like, while he keeps uh, his knee on her for like three minutes straight. <laughs> yeah, 
It was, I can't remember how long it was. It was like two and a half minutes because it said in the trivia I was reading, Emerald Fornell, I think her dad is um, a police officer and mm-hmm. she asked him how long it would take to suffocate someone and he said like two and a half minutes or something. So they literally shot the scene for two and a half minutes and you just oh, wow. watch her kicking and That's- it was Carrie Mulligan in that scene. It's like, oh. oh and it lead- that leads to one of the like most darkly humorous lines in the movie, which was Al... This is not your fault. <laughs> and he's crying. Kind of, kind of seems like this. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was a great scene. It's like... In like... In the one hand, I was like... I was so mad because... But it's like, yeah, this is what happens. This is what happens. And even when we see the following scene where it's like, oh, they are going to get justice. In the back of my mind, I'm like, they're going to get off on self-defense or something. They're not going to prison. It's like... It's, and it yeah, just kind of people, sucks. Yeah. I've noticed... I, I do not agree with this opinion. But you're actually... You just made an interesting reveal. A lot of people don't like the Cassie police port part of the ending because they're like, well... We can't trust the police to enact justice, which is true. But the fact mm-hmm. that you just told me that Emerald Fresnel's father is a police officer, I'm I think wondering it was her if father-in-law technically, but you know, father. okay, yeah. But but the fact that she maybe maybe she has more faith in that system because of her mm-hmm. connections to her family, I don't know. I thought that was an interesting argument. I mean, I think it's more supposed to be. I mean, it's also interesting that in the context of the movie, she wins. And yeah. I think it works on that angle. But at the same time, I don't know. It did feel a tad, tad false to me mm-hmm. at the end, even if it was well executed. Yeah. But um, I, to the, to the, that part of the ending of Cassie getting killed, I agree that I think that is a perfect. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's sadly a perfect way to be like, yeah, it does. Even mm-hmm. if you can watch a movie for two hours of this woman being in control in every single second, mm-hmm. all all it sadly, all it takes is a adult male one arm and a knee mm-hmm. to kill a woman. And yeah, the reminder, like, I feel like it would have been more false because th- that the, the, the people making the argument that, oh, the cops arrested him. Now she wins. Like, she's still dead. You know, like. It's yeah. like it's a, it's a fun yeah. way. It's a it's a victory, but it's well, yeah, I, yeah. It's not like one she can enjoy. Yeah. But I don't think there was a happy ending for her ever, just because no. you see like the emotional she's, toll it she, takes yeah, on she's her. Gone. That is barely hinted she at. Was, yeah. And like, oh, it was so she tragic was when her dad was like something like mm-hmm. they miss Nina or whatever. But she's like, they but he said something more. about missing her more or something. Yeah. It was just yeah. nice. Yeah. To see. Yeah. It's like it's so sad because it's you know it's just the whole thing's about how. Like lives are ruined by this, but not everyone's. And it didn't even and happen to her, you know. No. Like it's it's her yeah. friend, and like the toll that you know this pain radiates out, you mm-hmm. know. Um, yeah. And I did kind of wonder about that. It could be about why, technically, I guess. But I wondered why they made it a friend and not the person it actually mm-hmm. happened to. Why that choice was made, and like it I makes it almost more. It makes it more poignant. I feel like because I think I don't know, like. <laughs> It wouldn't have worked in certain scenes because, like, uh... Well, I kind of wondered. It's like, if it had been the actual person, then maybe we would have gone pure fantasy and she just gets to murder everyone. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It almost it almost makes you empathize with that person more. And it, like, it, it, 
it takes a little bit out of the ambiguityness of like, well, of course this like this person deserves justice mm-hmm. because something terrible happened to them. So yeah, so then you're immediately on their side in the sense of like, oh yeah, everything that she's doing is justifiable. Whereas if it's not directly the person, if it's a friend who was still impacted by it, it makes yeah. you contemplate, okay, what has she, what is she doing? So when she gets her college friend Madison drunk and like fakes the the rape or the mm-hmm. do you think the, she uh, do you think it affair. was do you think it was no this is where i think her crossing the line at the end is why i think that's where a lot of the think the my thinking came from was do you think she lied to Allison Bree that he she didn't I pay him I, I think so she did, I, thought I think she did too like i just assumed she was going well, I mean, to pay in the beginning when it first happened i assumed she actually Melina. made it well, yeah, I assume she made it. Um, she actually did it, and I was like, that was when I was completely off her side. I was like, no, you can't yeah. do that to another person. But, um, but like, it, it, I did find it interesting. That's like, on the one hand, I kind of see your point because I don't believe her coming from where she, her mindset, she would have believed a, like she would have trusted a man to be alone in a room with someone who's passed out. It's like mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense character wise for her to set yeah. that up. I guess I don't know. But I really hope she didn't actually get raped. <laughs> I think it works because I think that's the biggest punishment she could like the anxiety not, of the not, thing, right? Yeah, not yeah. her not actually being raped, but thinking that and the uncertainty that everyone was pushing on Nina, like did this really mm-hmm. happen? It's like, yeah. Well, because I, I mean, you could have easily like, well, I guess and what and what pushes what pushes me into that direction is the fact that she didn't do anything with um, the, Connie Nielsen's yeah. daughter, Britain. Connie Britain, Britain, yeah, Connie Britton's daughter. I think she she didn't want to impact anyone who wasn't directly responsible. Well, but then there's the like, question: she wanted who to put them directly in, responsible? <laughs> well, I think she wanted to put the people who were there. She wanted to put them in their place, and she wanted to put the people who either like didn't help or shoot it mm-hmm. away those she wanted them to realize the pain but not like actually i don't think she wanted to ruin their lives she just wanted them to be like oh shit wow i did something really yeah awful. but at the same time the whole thing around allison brie would like she even if she didn't have cassie didn't have someone assault her Alison Bree believed that it happened. <laughs> and isn't yeah. that the same as it is happening, essentially? Like, um, the, probably not. Well, I don't I think she, would, she doesn't know. But I mean, from, like, from, she from her mental perspective, Alison Bree, to all, for, for all intents and purposes, she thinks it happens. But I don't even know if Alison Bree necessarily thought she was raped so much as she just, like, did I have sex with that person? And then you have yeah. to ask. It's like, well, if she was, yeah. like, drunk enough what constitutes i guess i think that's what it was like and i feel like more of the anxiety was did i have sex with a random stranger and potentially like throw away my my life perfect life Mm -hmm. um see that's what yeah yeah i don't know (laughs) how do you feel about them letting her alison brie making good comes after alfred molina is trying to make peace i guess i don't know it's just interesting i mean I, I think these are all good things about the movie but it's interesting that the movie's giving these characters space to change too mm-hmm. you know 
I think if it, if we had seen, like, if, you know, Cassie had lived, maybe we would have had a scene with the Dean as well. I don't know, like, the Alfred, it was a good scene, but the Alfred Molina scene is also the one that's the weirdest for me, just because it felt like such a random thing for him. It didn't feel necessarily built. Like, we just showed up at this guy's house, and he's like, I've been expecting you or something. It's like, wait, why? I don't, like, it was very weird. The details were kind of, I didn't understand necessarily, because it seemed like he he had a break just I think to you're supposed to have something. just had like a bit of a mental breakdown but like it, like, find a, it kind of felt it, like there was causation between things that necessarily didn't it was like hard for me to read the scene yeah. I guess yeah I know what I, you're saying I took it as he wasn't directly expecting Cassie but he was expecting somebody yeah. to make him pay yeah, I don't know but like like the scene kind of threw me off just because it was very much like a, I've changed and she was very much um, she forgave him right away and I was like I don't know if I believe that it bothered me at first, but then it just, I don't know if I just look at it from the point of Carrie Mulligan's character of Cassie. It's like just everything she's going through has so much wear and tear on who she is in a soul. And it might have been even just for her somewhat to be able to forgive someone just yeah. to give her a little lightness <laughs> in the moment, you know, because like she has this moment at one point, you know, she's bent over the car or the driver steering wheel and she gets out and like beats up the guy's car with a tire iron basically. And then she like has this moment in the street where we get to see a different side of her, like her reacting to it where she's just overwhelmed kind of and we don't necessarily explore that. And I kind of wish we had gotten to more. But I don't know. Just kind of like her hesitancy or maybe like the tension that she has towards her acting on these emotions in a vengeful way, but then also maybe on some level being like, like, am I going too far? Is this what cat or not Cassie? Is this what Nina would have wanted um, for my life? Or like, I mean, I didn't even look at it that so much as it just takes a toll on a person to be living in that mindset. And just yeah. all about well, like so how lives are ruined and her life has been ruined by this one act and it didn't even necessarily happen to her, but it's like, I don't so know. So to that point, Lauren, I think that's before we, before we keep moving further away, I want to say, I think that's like, I can understand the, the Alfred Molina scene not working mm-hmm. because it does feel jarring. But for me, that's why it worked because it was like, wait, so there's somebody who actually this guy's just accepting, like he's accepting mm-hmm. his consequence. He's not trying to weasel out of it. It's like this is weird. Um, and yeah. even Cassie's like, "What the?" Fuck? Yeah, and, and I that think seemed, to that it point, also just like, made me so uncomfortable because he was holding on to her and just had his face like in her lap. It was like that's all I could think about yeah. in that scene. Honestly, it made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> but well, so so to both of <laughs> yeah, your points, I think Lauren, you're describing like the emotion and the grief and the all the all the things that have affected her to this point um, because of her friend's death. Mm -hmm. I think in that Alfred Molina scene, the thing that contrasts it with the Bo Burnham scene is it's so genuine and so reflective maybe of, or authentic. And it's so reflective of the turmoil that she has too, that she recognizes it. And she says, as much as like, I have been wrecked by the death, by the death and lack of justice for my friend. This man is having a similar reaction, but he was one of the instinct, like he was one of the oppressors or one of the uh, guilty parties. Mm-hmm. And yet he's seemingly giving off like a same type of emotion that I am. And it's it's got to be visceral enough that you just you feel it. You're in that moment and you say, no, he, they're being true. They're being honest yeah. versus you get you get to Bo Burnham and Bo Burnham is you tell he's. 
He's almost bargaining. He's looking for a way out or looking for he's a way. He's weaseling his yeah. way. Yeah, he's really not trying cool. to actually make it right. He's trying to make it go away. Yeah. Whereas, like you mm-hmm. said, Ben, Alfred Molina's not trying to make it go away. He recognizes it like what's done is done. Um, yeah, plus at the end of the day, and- it is nice to just believe that, hey, maybe he's actually going to turn in this evidence <laughs> and maybe something good will come out of this. <laughs> so, okay, so that brings me to another question that I had about the ending because I discussed this with my roommate. Do we think Cassie went into it actually knowing she was going to die? No. Or do thinks, we think she just... I, I kind of do because it was she, inevitable. I don't know if she necessarily yeah, thought she, she was going to die, but she definitely knew it was a possibility. <laughs> yes. And she was fine I, she with did that. Not, she, she was not committing suicide. She thought she was going to be successful. But she knew she might not be. Because well, she knew she because... was crossing a line that she couldn't walk away from, yeah. potentially. But even I then, just, it's wait, not it... like she was going to kill him. All she was doing was scarring his body. Okay, let's calm down. Uh, actually, she, actually, she was pulling a, a brat pit in a. She uh, wasn't, she wasn't even Girl with the Where Dragon the, tattooing no. it. It was just <laughs> the, the scar. <laughs> so the, uh, the original ending that, sh- that uh, Fennel wrote was she cut off his chunk yeah. and then wrote Nina on his chest. So I mean, it didn't seem like this one that she was going to cut off his junk. It seemed like she was just going to write Nina on him, is what I gathered. I, you know, I wasn't sure where it was going to stop. She, at this, <laughs> she knew, at this, like I said, there's something to, she knew she was crossing a line that she hadn't been crossing before, and that's why she had the insurance policy mm-hmm. of... The, the 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 final ending the text messaging i mean i the, think she could have so. had this insurance policy it's just she didn't have like anything to go on but like i feel like just being a woman every time she went out mm-hmm. with one of these guys there's in the back of your mind yeah. this could go poorly for me <laughs> in regular yeah, circumstances not time, just doing this know? to guys <laughs> so it's like i don't know i feel like it was always probably she knew it was a possibility for yeah. me one but yeah, I don't think she was going there like, yeah, I'm for sure dying tonight. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she wanted to die or anything. Well, I was just going to say, when he broke out of that handcuff, part of me was like, she has metis- meticulously crafted every other oh, scenario I thought that too. up until this point. No, I, I thought was like, she still had this yeah. planned because I was still in my mind like, she's going to be fine, guys. This was a question I had before she went in. She threw away her license plate. Why did she do that? Maybe because she was like worried they would see her driving away with like an... If she had to like run out but of there, but they knew who she something. was. I don't know if they did though. Like, the guy well, I guess he would have. He would have known. He only known, he I did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he's not going to say anything because again, he she might would just because guys everything. get away with shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. And he had no idea. Because like, the just video think about it. Too, this guy so. was fine with murdering someone as long as this didn't get out about him. It's like, what? Is, what is that? Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. No, hey, hey! You heard him. She made him That's do true. it. Um, self defense. Okay. Anything else about the ending you do you want to throw out there? I don't know. Uh, Bo Burnham, uh, not not lying to the cops was a big fuck you to the him. Like, uh, how much is a character one eighty for you um, in a movie? Like, he's got to be up there where like you start off loving him and then you're at the end you're just like fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> ben should have known from moment one that he was going to be a bad guy. There was an it balloon in his doctor's office. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. He also said everybody's awful. Everybody includes him. Like one of his first or second scene. Like yeah. But wise, any but wise complaints. Wish they'd done something. 
Um, I I just didn't get how her get parents' house was so beautiful on the outside and looked so <laughs> terrible on the I inside. I am taking this as a <laughs> personal assault because they this. had a bunch of dog portraits on the wall. And as someone who does dog portraits, how <laughs> dare you? <laughs> they were they were prioritizing that meat sauce. Nothing else it's matters. True. That Hot. suitcase. I love that suitcase. That <laughs> <laughs> was great. Get the fuck out, uh, pink suitcase. Yeah. Um, hot take theater. Um, my hot. Yeah, what's take, your hot take? <laughs> uh, it, it. My hot take is it should have ended with them watching her burn and just cut to. Black. Oh yeah, I don't think that's necessarily a hot take. <laughs> I could have. I, I would have been just as happy with that as this ending. Yeah. But the evidence, but there wasn't like a win at the yeah, end. Yeah, but more the, often than not, the there's evidence. not a win. I, I hate no, to I'm tell saying, you. Yeah. I feel like the win is a little false. Like yeah, it, but it's like the, this. But that's why is, even me, I'm like they're getting a slap on the wrist. They're yeah. they're gonna be out of jail in three months. They're fine. <laughs> it's a good movie ending. Yeah, but I mean, it's not at least a good like real life yeah, it's a good movie social ending. Social status. <laughs> yeah. Again, this it's a parable. It's a it's a dark fairy tale. It's it's you're supposed to let go of your. Uh, realistic expectations for a little bit but i also think it's more in line with so when sam richardson shows up again when when he he, um our fedora friend not Mm -hmm. john um (laughs) he he mentions that oh you're that the fact that sam richardson and it sounds like adam brody did not learn their lesson from her oh yeah is that was my what makes makes it makes it just the the ending of getting no retribution whatsoever, like, and that that's the scene I was refer like that's right at the turn to like the last third of the movie. Yeah, it's like that was one of my biggest complaints about why she wasn't killing them because it's like no yeah. one's gonna learn a lesson from this. Yeah, but um, we can believe I, they did in this fantasy world. Uh, I I I don't know. I just imagine. I mean, I guess you guys have proven me wrong a little bit, but Ben, I think we kind of cut you off a little bit, but like. I agree. The ending's like a fun, like fist pump movie ending. Yeah, but it's it also very, like yeah. it doesn't feel. It almost. I think. I think it feels a little false to the movie it's, we saw before it. Yeah. Plus, there was that moment where it kind of felt like they were setting up a sequel by giving Laverne Laverne Cox. Yeah. She got the necklace that said um, Cassie. Yeah, that seemed interesting. I, I mean, I would love to evidence, see a movie though. starring yeah. Laverne Cox, um, but like, I don't think that's actually happening. I think it's just like you. But, uh, I think it's just you can't forget the victims is basically what that's supposed to say or something. I don't know. No, they're yeah. definitely setting up promising young woman too. I mean, promising women. promising young, young women. 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 Fail. Oh, yeah. Ben, we cut you off. The ending doesn't go against what we've seen before, but it does feel like a because movie. It's yeah. like the movie needed this. Like I said, it's Rorschach. And I think. It's the notebook. <laughs> it needed it needed a happier ending. Like it just mm-hmm. did, you know? And I think I I I think it's a perfect ending, even if it's not, you know. Plus the just watching Schmidt. I just gonna I'm gonna call him that now. Just watching him run away from the scene. <laughs> it was just such a was great, great moment. But I mean, it's like, why is why is the stripper dead? Why is <laughs> like it's a very Schmidt reaction. The number too. of I'm times like, he no, pokes man. her or like shakes her. <laughs> no more hot takes. I want. I wanted him to like be like be the one gagging. That's very <laughs> Schmidt thing too. They're pretty nerd, Yeah. Repeat after me. It sounds like you guys have a lot of memorable. I don't have any. I'm terrible at this oh, section. Oh boy. But just share some I of think your we favorites. Talked about most. A lot of mine already. Uh, one coffee. Hold the spit. 
Apparently, he actually drank the spit coffee like five or six times. Which is like, I mean, he was kissing her throughout Uh, the movie. It's not that big of a stretch to drink spit. Well, some (laughs) people get grossed out by that. The difference. Well, yeah, it's still gross, but it's like, I mean, technically, (laughs) it's spit. My favorite line, other than the. Now I'm I'm confused. Are there different parts mm-hmm. in the body of a mm-hmm. child? Which Lauren already went over. <laughs> My other one I loved was dating's horrible. Everyone's horrible. Okay, I went on a date with a woman last month who wanted to euthanize the homeless. Yeah. You went on a date with my mom. It's <laughs> 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 just. Uh, what else do I have? Another one Lauren mentioned. The Nina was like a daughter to us. We really miss her, but God, we have missed mm-hmm. you. Uh, Brian going. Think, think about this, please, please, when she has the video and she says, I cannot begin to tell you how much I've thought about it. <laughs> and then the best, like the one they used in the trailer, it's got every guy's worst nightmare getting accused like that's that. That's mine. Can you guess what every woman's worst nightmare yeah. is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my favorite line. Oh, I wanted to ask you, Lauren, because I like I was curious about because um, I knew you were going to recognize uh, the bash. From, oh, yeah. Uh, from glow how did you feel about that because like i didn't well, know did you see my response to your letterboxd review i saw the schmidt one no you said something about oh, like Zach. your whole review of this movie oh yeah you said of like of course it's about like the men in your team yeah. <laughs> don't like worry that. guys we're gonna get to this don't worry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i don't know yeah my favorite one was the one about um the woman's worst nightmare and also that i admit that fedora was unforgivable and um, another one was just when um, Cassie and Allison Bree's characters were at the. <laughs> Allison Bree had a bunch of good ones because she's like, I've never been day drunk, or I haven't been day drunk in so long. I forgot what it was exactly. That was a great one. But she says uh, when Allison Bree's character was just kind of just still trying to play it off like something bad necessarily didn't happen, or she didn't necessarily remember what happened. And, like, she hadn't changed her mind. And um, Cassie was just like, for your sake, I was hoping you'd feel different by now. And I was like, oh, that's a good line. <laughs> I think ev- the most written scene for me is the the Connie Britton. Back, the back and forth there is just everything in there is just it's, so yeah. good. It's my what, scene of the movie. What was, of course, there's a, like, the band's name was Wet Dream in this movie. Oh, like, oh my God. <laughs> what, uh, what was the line? It was something like, she's pretty. Not a lot of brains, yeah. though. But what, have, what good have brains ever done? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> also, just, I don't know what it was, but the way Carrie Mulligan was munching on those Twizzlers was <laughs> maybe the hottest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't, I don't like the word munching. It was gross. <laughs> <laughs> Expert opinions. Lauren, no dogs in this movie? Um, Just the or- portraits that um, John okay. Ridley hates and just bat on <laughs> justice for dog portraits you could call most of the men in this movie yeah. dogs <laughs> Bam, <Hello>. bunch. <laughs> um is there any hidden et propaganda uh not that i i don't think so no yeah i didn't i didn't i didn't feel any of those vibes <laughs> ben's meme it uh ben any memes come out of this movie yet nothing yet the upgradables uh casting if anybody would have been better. I don't know if you could have cast this movie any better. I Lauren no, yeah. Lauren mentioned that Margot Robbie produced it. I I have to imagine she was interested in starring in this movie too. And yeah, I don't know. Is that is it a different movie? Like we're talking about two beautiful women, obviously, but like Carrie Mulligan like 
that's two different, very different types of beautiful women, if that makes sense. Like, I think Margot Robbie mm-hmm. is more traditionally tr- attractive to a lot of the men that this movie is trying to redeem. You're playing right into the review that talked about this, and Carrie Mulligan responded to it by saying, it's like, I think he was saying that I wasn't, like, hot enough or something. I don't remember what the exact I think was. Yeah, it, it became a huge thing. Yeah. And, like, Carrie it, Mulligan is gorgeous in this movie. about the movie and start being <laughs> about this review and article. I am not knocking Carrie guy, Mulligan's looks in this movie. No, oh, she's gorgeous. She's there's. I don't know. I think it's just because of her background. But it's like whenever I think of Carrie Mulligan, I think of Never Let Me Go, and I just think of this like yeah. sadness inside her that just I, yeah. because of her I, previous roles, British I always person. think that that Margot Robbie definitely like Margot Robbie doesn't have that just because of like the movies she's had in her past. But I think Margot Robbie had she wanted to do this role or whatever, I think she would have been great in it. Yeah, but she like, could have done it. I definitely, it just, I'm happy. I'm more than happy with Carrie, Carrie Mulligan. She was. Amazing, and I hundred percent retweet cosine. Cassie, I wouldn't say Cassie has an approachability because the two people we see approach her, <laughs> one is a customer who never gets her. That's order, true, <laughs> and the other is a dude whose coffee she spits in. So, like, I mean, she can fake it when she's trying to get dudes home and terrorize them. <laughs> she could fake it. Recommendations for if you like this movie, what other movies? This movie, I don't know if it aged well or anything, but the whole time I was watching this, I was just thinking about Hard Candy. Mm, still never seen her. Oh, yeah. Candy. I still need to see that. Uh, you could do a double feature with Kill Bill. Uh, would be an interesting. I also just wanted to watch Birds see, of Prey after this again. Just Heather's women. Maybe. <laughs> so good. My my double my double feature was I I know it's not. I think they sometimes have a similar tone of like dark and then also comedic. I'd put this with American Psycho. Yeah, mm. I can buy that a little bit. Like. Like, they're not the same movie, obviously, but, like, I think they have enough to- tone-wise that it would... I The entire time I was watching this, I was getting huge Jordan Peele horror vibes at the same time. Mm. And so, like, I think this one would pair great with either Get Out or Us. I think it feels very much its own style. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like she has her very much her own directorial look and style. I'm just... I'm coming more from, like, a All Men Suck... And uh, again, hard revenge tale, <laughs> but or you could do but, uh, you could kill an Eve with it too. I mean, I think we've been talking about Snyder, we're doing Justice League next week, his version, but like Sucker Punch would be an interesting watch with this because they're both and it's it, it'd be an interesting discussion because you know, Sucker Punch is from a, a very masculine perspective, <laughs> but was, it's but yeah. the, it's both movies are extremely and do not pull any punches about how awful men are uh, pun and um yeah it'd be uh, it'll be interesting if this movie comes back up when we watch that movie eventually this year for a flashback to infinity beyond the lasting impact i think i mean like john said like i hope this movie becomes like a movie that they recommend all yeah. like middle school boys watch and then watch it again in high school, and then watch it again before you go off to college. And then watch it during yeah. college. Just, <laughs> just, to, to really, just, yeah. for, just to be sure. This movie's lasting impact, Oscar-wise, I, there's some talk Carrie Mulligan is the front runner to win yeah. Best Actress. Like, I was kind of shocked after watching mm-hmm. that, this, that this got nominated, just because I always think of like the Best Picture nominees as like, old i mean i haven't seen the last few which would probably change my mind about that well i mean i saw parasite so things are changing now but it's like for the longest time i always just think about like these old drama like white curmudgeon people and like just 
disinterested thing. So like even when things like this get nominated, I'm always shocked. And it's like, no, yeah, no. But like even you just talking about how technically or everyone talking about how technically like just how well made this movie is. It's like, yeah, no, I get it now. It definitely deserves. I mean, not that I didn't think it deserved to be nominated. I was just sure like kind of shocked it was. Because it it also has that kind of like cult classic kind of feel to it, right? Like the people who are going to love it and appreciate it are going to appreciate it for it's a very niche kind of Mm -hmm. genre and like stuff. I think to get nominated for best picture, you have to have 5% of the vote at first place. Does Hmm. that make sense? So if there's, so if there's only a hundred people voting, if five of those people picked promising young woman as number one, as number one, it would get nominated for best picture. That's good. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad it's like, I haven't seen enough of the nominees this year to like, um, to to make to say should win or whatnot. But I would say like I I'd be stunned if there was a better actress this year than, um, than Carrie Mulligan. And I I fucking loved Frances McDormand in uh, Nomadland. Nomadland. Uh, Nomadland. But it's like it's to me it's not it's not even close. Interesting, huh? Frances McDormand's an institution. Yeah, but she was way better in Three Billboards. Not true, like, but not okay. <laughs> um, bonus rounds, catch all. Uh, we have a new bonus round for this movie. Um, it's called Promising Young Men. <laughs> the, the, the premise is: uh, Would the, me, the the guy, all the bad men in this movie, would their loved and respected previous versions of their uh, previous characters, could this be that same version? So we've been referencing Schmidt. Like Max Greenfield's character, that definitely could have just been Schmidt at the end of this movie. If he like, if no, he never, Schmidt, no, if he never found Cece, it definitely could have just been Schmidt. I still think he has a heart, but there's definitely a lot of similarities. <laughs> like it's a, it's like an uber dark yeah. Schmidt. He has the douche the for a reason. <laughs> or anybody, yeah. Okay, so uh, we all agree Schmidt could have. This could have been Schmidt. Adam Brody played Seth Cohen on the OC. Did anyone watch the OC though? No, oh, no, I wasn't. I was loser. hoping Lauren would might have some, uh, imp- some, some help there. All right, maybe she'll have. Seen, I feel like she saw the OC. All right, Sam Richardson, who played the Fedora friend, his most memorable <laughs> character before this was Richard Splutt on Veep. In Veep, and there's no way Richard Splutt was this guy. Richard Splutt is a mensch to all people lauren adam brody seth cohen his oc character did you watch the oc no do not ruin seth cohen for me <laughs> okay no no so no that's just the premise seth what cohen. about david guy was, he was like seth my cohen peak like up. this is the person i want to marry <laughs> so well, this, whoa, whoa, whoa. This what about dave rogalski from from gilmore girls oh i wasn't i don't remember he that. was okay on gilmore girls girls he left gilmore girls to be here uh, to be seth cohen so lauren Seth, this the, the adam brody characters i don't it's been too he long couldn't, to see uh, that seth cohen couldn't have evolved into this boy this man at the saying? end of the day i'm gonna say another thing that's gonna piss off all the dude bros any man is capable of this <laughs> <laughs> no it's a no yes queen <laughs> Christopher Mintz Plass, McLovin. Could this be McLovin all grown oh, up? God. Oh, God. No. Sadly, I think the well, answer might I mean, be yes. 
<laughs> no, his, he got married to whatever no. one-name-only actress was. Olga. And then... <laughs> I mean, or it could be, what's his name? The Oh, the guy from Crimson Superfan. Fucker or the whatever. Crimson definitely fucker. could be that guy. That guy. Definitely oh, could be the okay, kick-ass yeah, yeah, guy. Kick-ass. I was like, what are you kick-ass? talking about? Was his name actually the Crimson Fuck? No. Fucker. Oh, the Crimson Fucker. That seems... No, motherfucker. No, wait, maybe I'm wrong. Hold on. Chris Lowell, Bash Howard. Could Bash Howard have turned into the murdering doctor in this movie? I don't know. You have two Glow fans here. No. No. Okay. Bash is... That was one of the things... Such a a perfect detail of this movie was making him... uh, um, not a euthanasianist. What was the word? Uh, he does uh, anesthesiologist. anesthesiologist. It's like, oh, that's such a like rapey dude. Not to say anything yeah. bad about them, but it was just like <laughs> the fact that you're putting someone under and doing things to them while they're under. It's like that is just a perfect detail. But for a guy like yeah. that, exactly. Um, yeah. Bo Burnham could Bo Burnham have evolved to do this version of himself? <laughs> he was the same sure person. He was the same person. So you're saying yes, Bo Burnham could have. Uh, watched a rape <laughs> no, and then dude, tried to no, cover it up. No, <laughs> no I actually I no, point all, Bo I, po- I po- point Bo Burnham's attorneys to uh, John uh, if if they want to slander him. Um, no, Bo uh, Burnham's way too self-deprecating. Okay, last one. Uh, Alfred Alfer Molina as Doctor Otto Octavius. Would he have <laughs> Would he have evolved into this? Remorse? He could be was, uh, a villain regretting his <laughs> terrible actions. Yes. I no, mean, the clear, he basically no. was that in the end no. of Spider-Man yeah, and the, 2. It was completely the, the unearned, clear, and he was subjugated his wife to being a housewife of only... Fuck you! You're unearned! All right? <laughs> hey, hey, Get I... out of here with that bullshit! <laughs> One last pitch for this movie. Um, Wait, I think... we didn't talk about my favorite trivia. Oh, yeah, that's in the catch-all bonus rounds. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing was that I didn't, I mean, I'm assuming this is accurate. I didn't, obviously didn't go back and listen for it, but it said the word rape and sexual assault was never spoken in the film. I, I just thought that was right. really interesting because it's like, even in this movie, it's just like the idea that it's constantly brushed under the rug. It's like something we don't yeah. talk about. I just thought no, that was a really the, cool detail. No, the intentional ambiguity and like mysteriousness throughout yeah. the film was again, another Great detail yeah. that was perfectly crafted. Honestly, when we got to Molly Shannon's house, like the whole time we never like talk like they we didn't, didn't even say that she had killed her said or, yeah. or so, killed herself. So I was like, I thought maybe she was actually alive and that's why she yeah. was like, for everyone's sake, like for her Nina's sake and everything, you need to move on. Yeah. It's like, is she still is she still alive? But then they eventually did yeah. say she died. All right. Um one last pitch. I think, like we said, this might be the highest cumulative score we've ever given uh, a movie. And so I think all shades of us, uh, we rarely agree on a movie. And the fact that all of us appreciated this says quite a lot. And, and I appreciate that actually me, the woman of the group, is the lowest rating so far. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like, that's that's promising. <laughs> No wait, did John did John give it four and a half? He or said four, four and a half, yeah. but you could drop it. Did you say you might drop it, or did you no, say no, you might I, actually make it a five? No, he doesn't do five no, no. stars. Ben he's said like that. A, okay. a dumb butt. I might make it. But you're cemented at four and a half, John. <laughs> I think yeah. Okay. John no, doesn't give out five I, stars. Or are you four? I don't know. You're, I mean, I don't really t- give out fives either. Oh, that's right. Lauren isn't, gave out one at least. Isn't American History X a four and a half out of five for John? <laughs> this is my second yeah. favorite movie out of all time. Four and a half stars. Yeah. I think I have two five stars on Letterboxd. No, you never gave, you never upgraded Bridesmaids. It's just Jurassic I Park, didn't? I think. Oh, you're right. I've only given it one. St- I have only given out one five star. You guys are weirdos. Next week, we are doing another 
semi-new release, uh, and that is Zack Snyder's Justice League, a.k.a. the Snyder Cut. This is Zack Snyder's version of 2017's Justice League. While I think our podcast was much kinder on the theatrical cut of um, Justice League, than most our, people. I believe our episode was titled Justice League is Fine. <laughs> I, as someone who's a big fan of Snyder and has appreciated all of his director's cuts more than his original versions, I am ecstatic to see what his mega opus looks like. But yeah, I, uh, I'm i intrigued to watch this four-hour film. And um, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about next week. Um, hopefully we can learn how to get our podcast shorter by then. Uh <laughs> if the if these episodes are as long as the movies we watch that's gonna be a problem until next week i'm zach oldenburg find me wherever you can find at zach oldenburg you can find us at middle you can find us on patreon and support us and you can what's my last thing oh rate and review the podcast apparently it does stuff <laughs> I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear, and you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I also thought Zach was asking what his last name was, <laughs> not his last thing. I was really confused for a second there. Um, I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at another Rahul J, and you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Middle of Row. Hashtag Know The. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at MiddleOfRow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch Zack Snyder's Justice League. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the row.